Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is with our guest speaker on a midweek service with Pastor Woody Calvary. Now, if you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook, give us a follow at PC Paramount, and then be sure to check out our website at praisechapelparamount.com. Constantly being updated. Enjoy this message. Give the Lord a clap of praise. Come on, he's so worthy. Pastor Omar, you know, you don't need me. You guys just got church. Let's just keep singing and worshiping. <laughs> wow. Hey, what's up, Praise Chapel Paramount? Come on now. Amen. It's good to be here right now with you. Um, I'm just excited to watch you guys online. We do a Wednesday night Zoom type of meeting. So I'll catch a little bit because by the time we're done, I get a little, the end of it, the end of your your uh, your Wednesday night service. We got people online today as well, just jumped on for our church. Praise Chapel Azusa, glad you're showing up with us tonight, amen. We have uh, we have some of our people here as well, amen. Praise God, I'm glad they showed up today and it's a real blessing. I just want to thank Pastor Omar and Lefty again for having us out. You know, and you're, you guys are probably thinking, okay, what's the big deal, man? Let's get to church. But check it out. We ain't been in church in a whole year. Come on, amen. We've been to, we've been inside a building three times. Was that three about three times, Ray, in the last year? And so we're outdoors. We're mobile. We're moving around. We're survivors, amen. We love God. We got a good group of people, come on, that love Jesus. We got people right now that are just holding the line with us and we're just believing God and we got some good news. We're gonna be able to get in our building in about a couple more weeks. We got a Sunday night, five o'clock service, so we're excited about that. We're gonna pump it up and just see what the Lord has, amen. And so I'm so thankful, thank you for my wife, amen. Apples, amen. That's she's always right there, got my back, and we're just blessed to be here. And we love God. I want you just right there where you're at, just just close your eyes and lift your hands. Just begin to love God. His presence is here. I don't want to get in the way. I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> I definitely want God to continue to minister and have his way right now. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we love you. Just love him right there. Just tell him how thankful, how grateful you are today. We're so thankful, God. We're so thankful, God. So worthy, Jesus. You're so worthy, God. Holy Spirit, have your way. Right now, just begin to pray in your heavenly language. Begin to just love them in your heavenly language right now. Let's, let's just let the Spirit of God just set you up, set us up just to minister. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. What a privilege, Lord. I, I just pray, have your way tonight, Lord. You, you speak. You speak, God. You speak, Lord. It's your people. It's your message. It's what you want to say. It's not me, Lord. Let every heart be open, God. Everyone that has come, Lord, I pray they come with a, they've been here, Lord, because they love you. And they want your presence and they want you to speak to them, Lord. And this is not hype, Lord. Lord, this is not hype, Lord. This is, this is God, spiritual, Lord. This is, God, this is a supernatural, God. This is something that happens within the soul of us, God, today. It's your word, come forth. Sharama, Sharama Korra, Korya. Come on, I just sense the Holy Spirit. Just, just stay with it here. Stay with him right here. Jesus. Jesus. Shamando Morio. We need your hearts. We need your hearts, God. We need your heart. Your healing, your freedom, your deliverance, your power, your anointing, Lord. It's you. It's here. It's here right now. It is here right now, Lord, ready to speak and to move. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, man, praise God. You know, <laughs> amen. Let's just have the altar con and fellowship. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, I thank God for his presence. It's one thing I've learned at this 
part of my journey is I need the presence of God. That I am nothing without the presence of God. The moment we begin to think that we could venture on in the spiritual life that we're living today on our own, we will be defeated. The very moment you think we can function, that I think I can operate outside of God's Holy Spirit, I'm doomed. We cannot flow. We cannot function. We cannot speak. We cannot live. We cannot be used without his spirit. And so I desperately long for it, and I need it, and I want it, and I I just embrace it as much as I can, and I I thank God for it today. Amen. I know you come here. You want a word. Amen. I, I don't have a sermon, but I think I have a message. Amen. To share with you, to put in we could take it for whatever it's worth. And so I want to be reading in the book of Luke chapter 15. So powerful. It's so rich. The context has so much uh, impartation and uh, just literally just begins to jump out. And, you know, it's one of the parables of Jesus. And, you know, the parables, when you study them and you read them, you usually can find yourself in there somewhere. It's amazing. I, I didn't, I, I'm, and I don't follow everything, Pastor Omar. I know we talked about their online stuff, you know, and, and I don't really uh, jump online and everything. I'll, I'll kind of peek. I'm one of the peekers. I kind of just go in there and check it out. And, and let's just dig. I watch all digger stuff. Amen. You know, <laughs> thank you. He complimented me and said, I look good with a mask. I don't know if that's good or bad. Amen. But I'll take it. <laughs> and, um, you know, but it's, it's so beautiful and so powerful when you begin to think and see that we could see ourselves in this. And I want to just, I want to move on real quick right here. In Luke chapter 15, verse 1 through 7, I want to just look at this text right here uh, about the lost sheep. It says, tax collectors and other notorious sinners came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. Jesus told them this story if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes, gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 in the wilderness and go search for that one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. And when he arrives, he will call together his friends, his neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me because I found my lost sheep. In the same way, there are more, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and have not, haven't strayed away. You know, I, we want a title, uh, The Value of One. I, basically, this message is about redemption. And I know you're redeemed, and I know, you know, we're saved and we love God, but there's something that I feel that is important for us to understand about this very story. And one of the first things I, I want to look at is the, the part that I just want to pull out. I'm looking at the clock and the time, and I, I just want to be able to, to get this message across. Is the first verse where it says that the publicans and the sinners came to hear Jesus and his teachings. These were people that were not necessarily uh, accepted in life. The publicans, a tax collector, tax time's coming around, amen, and you got your tax guy that's going to hook you up. Well, this guy was worse than that. This, is, this guy was scandalous. Do you know any scandalous people? Don't look to the person next to you right now. Don't do that. Amen. It's not good to do that. I mean, this guy was, these people, they, they, were, they were under the, the Roman rulership there. They worked for them. They, they undermined people. They ripped people off. There were scandals. Everybody hated the publicans. Nobody liked them, not even the Pharisees. Then we see the sinners, and we know what a sinner is, and we're, we're all sinners. But these guys were notorious. This is not notorious B-I-G, but this notorious stuff. <laughs> these guys were wicked. They were evil. Every little quick thing they could do to try to burn you, to rip you off, to steal, they, they, they live for evil. These are the people you don't want following you on social media. You don't want them to be your friends Amen. But yet we can say it's safe to say that these are people that, you know what, they're some of the worst people around. And I can't really get into this, but I, I just want to give you the picture here. In this text, they're saying that these people, 
These publicans, these outcasts, these worse people in there, probably all of us together may not even measure up in our faults compared to what these, these guys can do. But yet they came to hear Jesus. And I like the fact, it wasn't, you know, when I first was studying this, it wasn't just one or two, but it says all the publicans and the sinners came to hear him. All of them. The worst ones, that ever, they all came to, to hear Jesus. You know, in the Jewish culture, it's kind of different from ours, but in some sense, it's not. Uh, there, you, there's two ways you live. You live by bringing honor to the law and the customs, or you bring dishonor by not obeying them. So that's all the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes. That's all they look for. Who's bringing honor to the law? Who's living according to the standard? And the, these publicans and, 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 uh, and scribes, they always watch Jesus, everything he did. And they're always ready to jump and complain about him. Amen. And so here he is. He, he, they, 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 they had, these guys are, the Bible says he sat down and ate when I put a table up here so you kind of get the picture. I mean, man, how many would love to have a meal with Jesus? That's what the, the Lord's Supper is all about. Amen. But no, I mean, literally a physical, you're sitting down with Jesus and these publicans are sitting around this table and they're having a meal. And then over here, you got the, 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 the Pharisees and the, and the scribes and they're just looking, they're just, they're just disgusted with the fact that Jesus uh, is doing something that he shouldn't be doing. Uh, it is a dishonor, amen, for his life to be associated with the people. Now, the truth is this, they, they weren't complaining about him teaching they weren't complaining about him preaching. They weren't complaining about him healing. They were complaining that he associated with them. He welcomed their company and he ate with them because Jesus was in touch with the world. Something happened to these religious people who had lost touch they got so caught up in the ritual of religion, in the formality of, let's say, Christianity, that there is something lost in the transition of the glorious uh, 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 achievement that they had of understanding the law. The scribes are writers. They wrote the law. They affirmed the law. They made sure everybody lived by the law. But they lost the heart of God for the very people that were lost. When we read this and we say, man, how dare these Pharisees be so mean and rude and cruel to these, these, these guys that are sitting with Jesus? How heartless. And that, they're that way because what happened, the reason why they were that way and they shunned the world, and they looked down at everybody because these people did not fit in their circle. In the religious circle, they didn't, they didn't fit in. They didn't, have, uh, they didn't have the swag. They didn't have the fashion. They didn't have the robes. They didn't have the credentials. Uh, they didn't understand all the things. They never went to the, the, the schools and the, and the training, and they, they looked down at them. But to be honest, these were the guys that were valued by Jesus. These are the ones that Jesus says, I don't want to be with the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees. I want to sit with these, these brutal, notorious guys. He valued them. The problem the Pharisees had is that they were out of touch with the world. Jesus said, go into the world. He said, reach the world. Preach to the world. So don't love the world, don't be conformed to the world, but he never said to abandon the world. Come on, it's all right, amen. Jesus seen the world through his heart and not his eyes. And I believe the time we're living in right now, we're living in a culture and a society that's jacked up. It's confused. It's troubled. It can get us troubled and jacked up and confused. It, we're living in a society today right now that are very troubled with many things. They're struggling in every area. And what they need is a people who do not look at them with their eyes, but look at them with the heart of God. Come on now, amen. That is us. That is you. That is I. Come on. This is what Jesus did. He seen the world with his heart. The 
The scripture says in the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 36, but when he saw the multitudes, I love this scripture. I, I read it all the time. And the, 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 the powerful ministry that he had, he saw the multitude. He was moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Amen. Jesus, something happened, and he knew what he was there for. He knew what he was coming to. He knew what he was getting involved in, but there was something tangible that jumped out that, that touched his heart, that touched the heart of God when he looked out and he seen people scattered, broken, lost, hurting, that it moved him. I believe that tears came from us. I believe there was a brokenness on Jesus. We got to, they're so messed up. They're scattered. They have no leader. They have no shepherd. Just like the story that he talked about. Are you with me? Sadly today, there's a lot of Christians that have lost touch with the world. We're waiting for the rapture. We out of here. A rato. Hey, later, man. We're gone. But God didn't leave us here at this moment in this time of this life to lose touch with the world. God helped the follower of Jesus who has no worldly friends. I know this may not be familiar. But I wonder, where are all our worldly friends? Why is all our friends Christians? Well, you know what? I, I, I don't want to be around those people because all they drink is party and smoke and they tell dirty jokes and forget that. I know some Pharisees that were like that. I got a couple of disciples here with me. <laughs> I felt that one come back at me right here. These, there's a lot of young people here, man. They're going to tear this old guy up right now. No, man, you, let me tell you something. Man, you guys are on it, man. You are. I, Pastor, I don't know where, there he is, right? Pastor Omar, you know, I, I love what I see. I love what I see. Come on, give the Lord a clap. I love what I see. I love what's happening here. I love what you guys are doing. We're blessed to be here. And I'm telling you, man, I'm preaching my message, my heart. Because I know if you get lit for God, come on now, amen. If something gets inside of you and you begin to function and flow, amen, and understand that God is not done and God wants to use you, amen, to be a voice in this generation and you to operate in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost that's already burning in you, amen, something can happen. Something can happen. Come on, turn to somebody and say, something can happen. Come on, tell somebody, something can happen, amen. But it's all about redemption. This is what this parable is all about. These guys are talking smack about Jesus. You know, it's funny how when you talk about Jesus, you know, he doesn't, he don't even need to hear. He knows it's in our heart. Everybody's like, you know what, man? You know, he's hanging around with you. Yeah, well, let me tell you a story, guys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so he, he pops a story off on them about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. And it's about how it's found. I, and I don't have time to really get into all the details. But he begins to, to speak. This is where this parable came from to help him understand the reality of his uh, perspective and why he came here. What it was really all about. It wasn't around walking around being pious and being religious and look what I got. Look at how I am. It was about let's see who we can reach. Let's go for the worst of the worst. Let's go into places where no one else goes. Let's touch people where no, no one else will sit down with. Come on. Paul understood this. Paul says, even though I am free from all men and with no master, I have become a slave to all that I may win them to Christ. What he's saying is, listen, I'm free. I'm, I'm set free. How many are free in the house? Let's so say amen. Come on. Come on. Say, oh, yeah. yeah. You're free in Jesus. And Paul says, I'm free from all men. I, I have no master, but I want you to know uh, there's something about my life. He says, uh, I've become a slave to all that I may win them to Christ. God, help us. 
Help us understand that you and I are the vehicles to reaching this generation. That you and I are the ones that God wants to operate and move through. He goes on to say, when I'm with the Gentiles, I, follow, I didn't follow the Jewish law. I live to impart that which, law which I can bring to them to Christ. I do not ignore the law of Christ, though, or the law of God, though. I obey the law of Christ. When, I'm when, when I am with those who are weak, I share their weaknesses, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find a common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. Oh, God, give us a church. Give us people. Give us young people, old people, all people. They would say, I'll do the, I'll find the common ground. The common ground that I can win somebody to God. He brings out something here about the shepherd's hearts. He begins to tell this story about a, a shepherd who had a, a hundred sheep. And I believe he reveals the heart of the father in this parable. And he begins to tell the story and how he has a hundred sheep and he and one strays away. And will he not leave the 99 to go after the one? Now we've heard this preached so many times. I've heard it for many years, all my life saved and probably nothing new under the sun. But let me look at a few things that I think are important here. See, there's people that are here and there's people that need to be here. And I'm speaking in terms of our church, the kingdom of God, Praise Chapel Azusa, Praise Chapel Paramounts. They belong to the kingdom of God. But here's the story. Jesus says, I'm trying to reach these notorious people. I'm having a meal and you're complaining uh, that I'm sitting down with these people, maybe not with you. Uh, and they're scums, they're scandalous, they're sinners, uh, they're brutal, they're mean, uh, they're not right, uh, they're not religious, uh, they're lost, uh, really lost, amen. But you know, let me tell you a story. There's a guy that had 100 sheep uh, and one of them got lost. Uh, he left the 99. And he went to search for the lost one. This is the heart of the shepherd. Sometimes we need to think about some things here today. That there's some missing sheep. There's some lost people. Let's look at it in the terms of you and I being shepherds. You think about this. How did he know one sheep was missing? I don't know how, I think it's kind of hard to count 100 sheep. Hey, stay, keep still. You're like, one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, come on, man. He's like, you know what? There's one missing. Someone's not here. Man, I got the Holy Ghost on that one, man. Someone's not here. But you know what? We got 99. We got 99. It's all right. Most of my family saved. But you know, that my cousins, they're the bad family anyways. You know, they ain't never going to get saved. You know, Theo Chewy, he's a drunk, man. He, you know, he'll probably get saved on his deathbed or something. I don't know. Well, you know, my, you know, and we start, there, there, there's, there's one missing and is a part of your life in my life. One's missing. And we could say, you know, we don't need that other one. We got 99 of them. But the shepherd, which is reveals the heart. Are you guys with me? The heart of God. Come on now, church. Goes out and begins to search. For the sheep. Now let me tell you something about sheep. Now we all we all know this. Get this out of the way. Sheep are dumb. And now I don't know why God categorized categorized us as sheep, but I think there's a little truth there. I ain't gonna lie, man. We have a little bit. We're missing a few. Some of us are missing, missing some cheese in that, you know, in there. But whatever. But I tell you something about sheep. When they get lost, they don't know they're lost. You think a sheep's walking around and says, "Hey, you know where's everybody at?" 
There you go. You know, he's just walking, eating grass, pooping, walking, sleeping, eating grass, pooping again. You don't know where he's going. He's walking around just, you know, like until some lion or some, some tiger or some bear comes and eats him. So the shepherd knows that this, it's not like, you know, a camel can find water. He'll find water. A raven will find some food. But a sheep is just stinking lost. It's kind of like the people that we know. They don't know they're lost. But need somebody to go find them. Come on now. Amen. Hallelujah. It takes a shepherd's heart. To begin to say, man, you know what? Uh, I can't just keep praying for them. I got to do something to to go search for them. I got to go reach my boss, that manager that's always mean and mad. Something's not right. He needs to get saved. He needs a gospel. He needs redemption. He needs salvation. Who's the one sheep that you're searching for today? I was just having fun in church, praise God. Well, that's good. But that's not it. We got to be hunting, searching, looking, seeking, doing everything we can to find that sheep that is lost. He belongs here. He belongs part of the flock. It belongs part of the kingdom of God. It is a lost sinner, a lost soul. Amen. The Bible says we have all sinned and fallen short. We have all gone astray. There's no excuses. We have 99. Well, pastor, it's almost full in here anyways. We don't need to fill the empty seats. You don't remember that story, Hacksaw Ridge. Private Desmond Doss, who came in as a chaplain, said he'll never use, he refused to use or bear arms, amen, in World War II because of his religious grounds. He was drafted, and he stuck it out and stood there. I don't know if you see the movie. It's a powerful movie and a true story. That this young man, for his heart, amen, without even lifting a gun or shooting or killing anyone, he did more for the war than anybody else. It tells us that he saved 75 soldiers in battle in Okinawa. Oh, come on. And his theme was, I want to just save one more. And he risked his life over and over 75 times to redeem men that were wounded in battle. I understand that we need to read to loss. How many can agree on that? But I know there's some lost saints too. You're like, hmm, is that one of those oxymorons or paradoxes, Pastor Omar, you know, a lost saint? (laughs) I don't know, maybe not. But there's lost people, lost saints. I'm not saying they're backslidden, but there's some church hurt people out there. There's some offended people out there. Some people are not interested. Well, that's what they get. They don't want to be. No, someone needs to go after them. Someone needs to reach them. Someone needs to give them hope. Someone needs to restore them. Someone needs to believe God for them. Someone needs to help them through their hurt, their pain, their struggle, their loss, their brokenness, their their confusion, their fears, their rejection, their condemnation. Amen. Uh, It's not just a sinner, but it's people as well that are out there lost who are part of maybe a church, a congregation. They love God, uh, but they don't belong anywhere no more because they're out there wandering around. They've lost their path. They were sheep just eating, grazing. And many times they don't know they're lost. They think, well, I'm okay. I think it's this way, but we're good. And they're just eating and grazing uh, and pooping and sleeping and eating. And and they have no idea until someone comes and says, God is a redeemer. God is a restorer. God can bring you back. Amen. Uh, Just one more. The shepherd's heart understands uh, there's missing sheep that belong to the flock. Come on. I love what Jesus told Peter in John chapter 21. You know, Peter was like some of the disciples I know, you know, just, you ever just mouth off things, you know? 
I want to do this and I'm going to do that. Jesus said, okay, okay, Peter, yeah. I'll die with you. I'll go to prison with you. I'm down, Jesus. Pastor, come on, man. I got your back all the way. Had that. Bottom line, I give him credit. He, He cut off a guy's ear. He was trying to defend him. That's the kind of disciple you might need every now and then. He's a... <laughs> I just I could just imagine Jesus like Peter. If I was gonna, if I was a betting man, Peter, I would have bet you do that. He picks the guy's ear up. Peter, we don't, we don't do that here. Pah, slaps his ear back on. <laughs> the guy that got his ear is like oh, a miracle. <laughs> Save my ear. And Peter's like, what's up, man? I was taking the rest out too. No, I told you I'd die with no, Peter. We don't do it like that. The bottom line, Peter denied Christ. When it came down to it, the bottom line was, are you a Christian? Are you a believer? Are you a follower of Christ? Aren't you one of his disciples? Don't you go to Praise Chapel Paramount? Amen. Uh, Don't you believe in Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior? Weren't you worshiping God? Uh, No. I I don't know where the church is at. Uh, I've never been there. Pastor Omar? Heck no. I don't know who that is. Lefty? No. Where's Paramount at? I don't even know where the city's at. I don't know who Jesus is. And the Bible says that this, he, he failed miserably. You know, there's no failure in Christ. I said, there's no failure in Christ. Amen. <laughs> Boom. Fast forward. Here's Jesus rose from the dead. He says, listen, man, all of a sudden his, his reunion with Peter after the denial. What is Jesus doing? Making breakfast. He's going to sit down and have a meal with Peter. Who betrayed him. Sit down, Peter, let's talk. And you know what he talked about? He says, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Peter, three times, and Peter's frustrated. He says, Lord, and you keep asking me this. You know I love you. And every time... Peter replied, he said, feed my sheep, tend my flocks, take care of my lambs, shepherd, look over the sheep. And I said, well, that's a pastor job. No, no, that's our job. It's our job. Look out for the lost sinner. Look out for the lost saint. Look out for our brothers and sisters that have fallen. How many are no longer here? We just kind of say, well, he's gone, man. Kick him to the curb. Let him go. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I've had people, it's just like, you know, I, I did my best. I can't, you know, I pray for them. But I believe that m- many of us need to start going out of our way for some people. And start going the extra mile. We need, to, we need to get out of the flock and start going to reach and say, you know what? Uh, hey, let me, let me tell you something. Uh, there's a table waiting for you. Amen. Uh, there's a seat at the table with Jesus uh, where you can come and sit down. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 through 3, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly, the New King James says spiritual, should gently and humbly or meekfully help that person back into the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens. In this way, you obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help somebody, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. NLT version, amen. We see people, hey, you know what? Somebody's missing. There's a sheep missing. Where's brother so-and-so? Where's that couple at? Where's that sister at? Whatever happened? I don't know where they're at. Well, they're lost. They're wandering around out there eating, grazing, and pooping, and sleeping. (laughs) Who's going to search for them? Who's going to go after them? You know, the pandemic, it has scattered the church. 
There's people all wandering all over. Man, it's like, hey, hey, where you go, man? Hey, hold on here. We got a we got a sheep traffic jam here. Where are you going? I'm going that way. We're lost. Yeah. Some people have fallen off the cliff. Some people got eaten by lions. <laughs> Some people have backslidden and fallen away from God. Do we not care every lost touch of that? Or even the lost sinner, the lost soul, the lost person, the confused one, the one that's all caught up in all kinds of junk uh, in the conspiracies of this time uh, and all the political junk, the economical things, uh, the corona this and corona that. These people are just, you know, all worried and vexed. Uh, Have we disconnected ourselves, church? Uh, We are, amen, the the vehicle of God's hand uh, to reach out and redeem uh, these people that are blind uh, and are lost and are broken. James 5.19 says, my brothers and sisters, uh, If anyone among you wanders from the truth uh, and someone turns him back, uh, he should know that the one who turns a sinner back from his wandering path will save that person's soul from death uh, and cover a multitude of sins. Jude 1, 22 says, Have mercy on those who waver. Save others by snatching them out of the fire, having mercy on others coupled with the fear of God, hating even their clothes stained by the flesh. What's it saying? It's saying a a heart for people, for lost souls, for people in the church that have just gotten overcome by the world, by the flesh, by the devil, by the enemies of the cross, by the enemies of the faith that we're warriors and we're soldiers and I charge us that we come alive and wake up and realize that there's people around us, amen, that you and I have the power, the anointing, the words, the truth, and the ability to speak life and bring them back to the table to sit with God. Come on now, amen. Close with this last thought, the, the redemption of God. He values one. He puts value on one. You're doing that series on one, the one. I'm not sure exactly if it's, you know, one is one. Come on, amen. (laughs) The lost soul, the unsaved, the worst. You know, you're here today, and there's some one sitting here that you one time were on the cutting edge in your walk with God. You had dreams and aspirations and callings and giftings. You still got them. But circumstances and trials and battles and things have happened to your life. And now you have gotten off the path of that. And now you're just kind of sitting and cruising. You drop in here and there, now and there, whatever you can. I'm here to tell you, God has a table for you. Come on. Jesus, he wants you to sit down with him and have a, he wants to have a meal with you. You might say, man, I messed up so much, Pastor, you don't even know. Because you know how, how many know we can come in with a poker face? It don't have to be a straight face. It can be a smiling face too. Smiling faces. You know the song. Amen. Show no traces. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Where's my wife at? She's, she's like, don't sing. Please don't do it. You're going to kill it. Amen. We have this faith, but inside, come on now, inside of us, man, there, there needs to be that, that healing, that, 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 that restoration, that freedom. I, I love, and, you know, and getting back to the story and getting back to the, 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 the parable, Jesus is talking about that lost sheep. And when it's found, there's a joy in heaven. Now check this out. Check this, isn't that powerful? Then when there's a restoration, a redemption, that not only are we excited on earth, but it impacts heaven. Come on, somebody. How many want to impact heaven? I said it makes an impact in heaven. The Bible says there's a joy in heaven among the angels. When one sinner, not a multitude, not 12, amen, but one who repents and gives his life to God, when one is restored, when one is brought back, 
And Jesus was saying, man, uh, you know, Jesus says, I'm meeting with these guys, these notorious, these publicans, uh, and these sinners. I'm meeting with them because I, I want to impact heaven. Amen. Uh, I want there to be joy in heaven, joy in our life. Amen. Jeremiah says, I will cleanse them from their sins against me and forgive all their sin and rebellion. Amen. The Bible says over and over that God is compelling people. It says, come, you'll find mercy and you'll find forgiveness. Amen. This is the redemption of God. Actually, this whole, this whole parable is about God's hand reaching out to seek and to save the lost, to bring people that are away from God. Now, I know we understand that, but the truth is we're missing it. We're in, we're in, enslaved with our, with religion. I can't get around these sinners. Can't go around them. I remember years ago when we were trained and taught to stay indoors, not because of COVID, because there's unsaved people out there. They're evil. And they're wicked. It's false religion. There's lions, there's some tigers and some bears out there. <laughs> you don't go out there and, and you, you keep everybody in. But God, he, he, we, you know, we have all this, this power, this movement. You can come up now. I have the worship team. They can come up. Amen. This, this outpouring of the presence of God, the, 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 the worship and the praise, this, this encounter with Jesus. Come on. How many come and you have an encounter with God? Amen. It's beautiful. It's awesome to be up here worshiping and praising and singing and weeping and jumping and twirling and flipping and shouting and whistling. Man, it's exciting. Come on. But I want to tell you, we can't keep it in the confines of the church. Amen. It can't just stay within our heart. It needs to reach out beyond the walls. It needs to affect our families, our friends, our coworkers, our schools, on the highways, on the byways, in the ghettos, in the malls, in the rich places, in the poor areas. Amen. Among all people of all colors, all walks, all tribes, all tongues, all nations. Come on, guys. You know what? I really sense there's some hard hearts that are hard to penetrate right now. You're stuck in religion. You don't have to be old. You don't have to be young. You can be stuck. And I see Christians searching and I got to go here. I got to go there. Maybe I should move there. Maybe I should do this. And maybe I should buy that. Maybe I should. No, you, you just need that. You need that encounter with the very presence of the Holy Spirit. You need the healing of restoration. You need to be redeemed for the, 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 the grips of almost a, and I know it's kind of hard saying it here, but a religious mindset of just we're excited about church we need to be excited about a sheep excited about that family member that friend that person in our life that brother that used to come to church with you I remember this my wife remembers this so well we've been through so many things in the faith my wife was sharing and and um, we were in church and we were having revival, jamming. It was cracking. It was popping, man. God was moving. People were getting saved. And we just, we were saved like three months. And there were some people in church. I know this is hard to believe, but there were some people in church who were bad-mouthing us. It's like we were sitting in this row and there were three rows back and they're saying, you guys ain't, man, man, they're talking. I'm like, oh man, this is really happening in church. I'm like, I'm saved. I thought I got out of the world from this. And like this, talking this and talking that, that, and you guys are this, and you, you know, I'm going to do this to you. They started like threatening and saying words. I'm like, and I told Apples, I said, let's go. Right? Just like we got up and walked right out. So let's go. I was afraid I was going to do something. I may regret. I don't want to do it. But these people are provoking me. But inside, I was broken. Inside, we were hurt. 
Inside, I felt like, man, how can this be? I, I love it here, but man, I, I'm not going to put up with that. I, I'm going to go. I didn't know where I was going. I was leaving the flock. I was going to wander away. I was getting out of my place. So you know what? I'm just going to go somewhere. I'm not happy here no more. I'm hurt here. And we got my, my I rented my, I borrowed my dad's car and we, we got in the car. We sat in there. We're getting ready to leave. And out of nowhere, I don't know how this happened, how he found out that Pastor Mike Neville came out the front doors of the church. We're in the parking lot and he goes on my wife's side of the door and he opens up and he kneels down. And he goes, where are you guys going? I said, Pastor, I can't handle this, man. I, I can't deal with this. I'm out of here. I, I'm not going to put up with that. He goes, let me tell you something. You belong here. This is your church. God brought you here. You don't have to leave. This is a place. And he said these words, those are devils. I was like, boom. Like, yeah. No, I was like, you know, you're talking about, you know, you ever go through a trial and you can go through all kinds of million emotions all at one, like in, in a, even my sermon, you're probably all over the place. But yeah, you know what I'm saying? And I was like all this and all of a sudden I just felt my heart melt. And then somebody cared. Come on now. Somebody cared. Somebody cared. Somebody reached out. Somebody went out of their way, stopped the service, walked off the platform, and came and got us in the parking lot and stopped me from throwing my life away. I'm here to tell you today, someone, God cares about you. You're important. You're a part. You belong. You're part of the flock. Amen. He wants to sit down and have a meal with you and fellowship with you and have relationship with you. Amen. You are his child. You are his son. You are his daughter. He ain't giving up on you. He ain't dropping the ball. He ain't going to kick you to the curb. Amen. He's not going to forsake you. He'll never leave you. That's the God we serve. Amen. And he's going to stick closer to you than a brother. Hallelujah. And the way God is with us, he wants you to be for someone else. Imagine, wow, what happens? You start thinking, man, I want to see with my heart and not with my eyes. Come on, the power and the beauty of redemption. Amen. Praise God. Let's bow our heads right now. Amen. You know, you're out here today. There's a table set for you. There's a table set for you right here. Jesus is here. He's waiting for you, my son, my daughter. Oh, I feel there's people that have been in church a long time and you're so far away from God. And God says, you know what? Come on. Let's sit down. Let's talk. Let's eat. Let's fellowship. Today you're here. And you're not saved. You're not a Christian, man. You, you, you know, you, you messed your life up and everybody's given up on you. Nobody believes in you. You failed. You've blown it. You wasted years. You wasted relationships. You have guilt and shame. You feel condemned. Everything in hell is telling you can't serve God. I'm here to tell you there's a table set for you. God wants you to sit down. He wants you to come. He wants to have a meal with you. He wants a fellowship with you. He sat with the publicans. He sat with the sinners. He sat with the most notorious people of the world because he wanted to redeem them. He wanted to restore them. He wanted to free them. He wanted them to experience a joy unexpressible. Joy that you never ever had not a joy about that what's out a joy within hallelujah just begin to just love God right there where you're at I want you to search and just think on the Lord as I get ready to close this up and father right now come on just let the Holy Spirit begin to speak to you by your life as a shepherd your heart as a shepherd your life lost you're, you're, you right now in a place of wandering off there's some people that are wandering off away from the path you're away from the flock 
You're away from the work. You're, you're away from what God has. And God says, oh, come on. He's searching. He's been seeking you. He's been chasing you. He's been looking for you. And he finally, he has you right now. Before we pray for everybody right here, I want to give you an opportunity. If you're in this place and you're not a believer, you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have not been saved, you have not been born again, I want to compel you to make the greatest decision you can ever make in your life. By acknowledging your loss and you need a Savior, when you confess, you repent and believe, you'll be forgiven. And then that process of redemption, salvation. You're here today. I don't even have to see your hands. You know, the publicans and the tax collectors, I mean, the sinners, they came to Jesus. They came to him. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I want you to just get out of your seat. I'm not Jesus, but come down here and meet me so I can pray with you. Get out of your seat and come right now. God's speaking said, I want to return. I want to get rights. I want to get saved. You're away from the faith. You're away from God. You're not living for God right now. You don't have Christ in your life. Say, I want Jesus. I want to get saved. Just one, one sinner, one person. Come on now. Amen. Can shake heaven into joy right now when they give their life to God. God's speaking to you. Anybody want to come? We'll pray for you right now. Can we stand to our feet together? Let's stand to our feet together right now. We'll pray for you. Anybody here? Come. 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 They're going to sing a song. They're going to worship God. But I'm going to open this up. Listen, it's a couple of things here. I want you to respond to the heart of the shepherd. I know we're all, we, you know, wind, build, sand, or wind, release, and whatever, our, how, whatever it is, we all believe in that, right? We're revising it and upgrading it. I get that. Amen. The heart of every one of us, if we begin to have the heart of that shepherd and begin to say, you know what? I got to find me a sheep. There's a sheep miss. There's a sheep missing that you know of. There's a person lost that you know of. There's a person that's no longer around. We need to pray. Today, if you're out here today and you say you straight off, man, God wants to restore and redeem you back into your calling, your function, your flow. I know COVID had a lot to do with a lot of things, but you know what? It's time to get past the psychological lies of the pits of hell. And let's just trust and believe, carefully walk, amen, and do what God is saying to do. Allow God to use you in a way that you could never believe. I'm going to open it up. They're going to sing you. Come on down. Come on, let's pray. Let's open up the altar. You come down. God spoke to your life to swing. Come and find a place. Let's seek the Lord together. Oh, God, right now in Jesus' name. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at Praise Chapel Paramount. Dot com.